This week on Personally Speaking, our guest is Patty Ann Brown, a longtime journalist at both MSNBC, Fox News, has written a great book called Write Your Own Story. Stay with us. Hello and welcome to Personally Speaking. I'm your host, Monsignor Jim Lasanti, and television news anchor, reporter, and author Patty Ann Brown joins me now. Patty Ann is best known for her 17 years with Fox News Channel. She co-hosted a morning show with Ainsley Earhart, appeared nightly on Glenn Beck's top-rated Fox News program, and was a regular on the late-night talk show Red Eye with Greg Gutfeld. Patty Ann is also a veteran of MSNBC and News 12 Long Island. She's married to Mike, and together they're the parents of Connor. Patty Ann has written a great new book called Write Your Own Story. The subtitle is How I Took Control by Letting Go, in which she shares stories from her life on and off the air. She's here with us today to talk about her life, her family, her Catholic faith, and how it sustains her, and why she decided to leave her career in 2018 to begin a new chapter. Joining me now, I'm so pleased to welcome to Personally Speaking, television news anchor and author, Patty Ann Brown. We're here with Patty Ann Brown. We're talking about her new book called Write Your Own Story and the subtitle, How I Took Control by Letting Go. Patty Ann, when I was going through the book, I was reminded of an interview we did two weeks ago with a guy named Nate Solder. Uh, Nate played for the Patriots and the Giants, but even with a a three-year, $64 million contract, one day he walks away in 2020 because he realizes that his three-year-old son Hudson's battle with cancer is more important than football or money. And in many ways, that aha moment for him is very much revealed in your book, too. People would say, I think, Patty Ann spent her whole life, if they took a look at your, your bio and they saw all the jobs you've taken along the way to get to the top of your field, how in the world could you ever walk away from that for family or any other cause? They would think that once you get there, you want to hold on. Tell us what went into the decision to say, enough is enough. Yeah. Um, well, having read the book, you are aware that my son had uh, a very traumatic birth. Uh, he was born very premature yeah. and he was in the ICU for three months and he had a code blue where he stopped breathing altogether. And the prognosis at that point was uncertain. Mm. And we are very blessed uh, because he is doing great and uh you know he's in high school uh about to enter his senior year and he's on honor roll and uh he runs track so uh, (laughs) it worked out well he still has some struggles but it worked out really really well having said that Mm -hmm. um he is still a teenager and i people think when they get older they need their parents less but (laughs) i would say that right now he probably needs me more and uh, I wanted to be there for him, and I just felt that the hours of the business, I, I did uh, television news and radio news uh, for a total of 30 years. Yeah. The hours are brutal, um, and it takes a toll, and I felt that when I was with my family, I was not always fully present. Mm-hmm. You know, they say work gets the best, and your family gets the rest, yeah. and that was the way I felt, that even when I was there, I was tired. Um, I wasn't 
cooking that much. I was taking a lot of naps. And especially when you're older, you don't have the stamina for that kind of business, which is not to say that there aren't people who do it much older than me. I, I'm in my mid-50s, but there are people who, I, I don't know how they do it, but there are people who manage to do it longer than me. But it was taking its toll, and I just wanted to um, be there for my family more. Patty, and we had, um, I guess a month or so ago, Lee Zeldin on, and I asked him uh, how he came to kind of reverence life the way he does, and he said, I have twins born prematurely. And, uh, and not unlike Connor, he said, you, you see these little people and you realize how precious life is. Now, he had a positive response and they struggled to get through that uh, premium experience. Your reaction to this very challenging situation, you talk about it in the book, could you share with our viewers, what, what was your first reaction to, like, was there a time of, hey, God, what are you thinking? Oh, uh, yes. You know, yeah. they, they <laughs> They say God will never give you more than you can handle. And I remember saying to my husband at that point, well, that's just a bunch of bunk because <laughs> I can't handle this. I can't. And yeah. um, I, I mean, it was very, very difficult. But you do. You do what you have to do. Mm. And prayer really, really helped. As you know from the book, I talk about how um, I turned to God and said, please just get us through this, you know, take care of my son. I will raise him to love you. And uh, I'll just try to be a better person all around. You know, we make these bargains. Right. And <laughs> it's easy to make all those promises when you're in the middle of it. The hard part is then to stick with it. Yeah. Once, once it gives you what you ask for, you know, then you have to say, well, you know, I'm not going to go back to the way I was. Not that I was an awful person before. Right, right. just clarified what was important in my life. Now, now I had a son, and that was the most important thing. And I, I said, I've got to do things differently. And my priority is now my family, not my job. Mm -hmm. And um, and it's hard. But Patty, mm -hmm. you you share this journey with Connor, the struggles and the decision to walk away from a very successful career uh, with Mike, your husband. Uh, I'm always intrigued that every weekend I'll do one tonight. In fact, a wedding where I say to the bride and groom, for me to preach rightly tell me in your own words write me an essay why, why how do you know this is the one that you're supposed to spend the rest of your life with when you, <laughs> what would you yeah, say about I, why, why mike yeah I, about uh, i literally called it my decade of dating and it was 10 years of trying everything <laughs> guys who seemed like they would be great but turned out to not be great and guys that seemed like they were obviously totally wrong for me, but I thought, well, the right ones weren't right, so maybe the wrong one's right. <laughs> and that didn't work either, and I, I dated a lot of the bad boys, as they call them, mm -hmm. uh, and my friends would say, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, at some point, I just had no idea, but uh, as I mentioned in the book, I think I was trying too hard for mm. a while there um, because I was getting older, and I was watching all of my friends get married and have families and it wasn't happening for me. And I was trying online dating and uh, going on blind dates and none of it was working. And I, I think it was because I wasn't letting go and letting God, I was mm. this another job. I'm going to find my spouse now. And um, every man I met, I'd be like, could he be the one? And, you know, um, it, it doesn't work when you try to force it. You have to let go, let God, 
mm-hmm. and just kind of live your life and focus on what's good in your life and enjoy your friends and your family, enjoy your career and just live your life and have faith that yeah. it's going to fall into place. And I finally did that. I finally said, I'm going to start having faith. And one of the things I did was join this Catholic group at my church mm. for um, young professionals and really not, it wasn't a dating group. It was just a, a social group. And I was really doing that because I was trying to get back to my faith because I, mm. I wouldn't say I lapsed, but it, it wasn't a priority for me for a while. And then I, I said, let me start by going back to church. And, you know, <laughs> um, really, I really didn't stop going to church that much, but I would, I would skip a mass now and then. And I said, I'm going to recommit to that. Mm. And I did. And then I started hanging out with this group. And the next thing you know, <laughs> I met Mike through this wow. group. It was not what I was expecting, but that's what happened. And there were, he was younger than me. And uh, I, I, you know, it's hard to say how you know. Your, your question was, how do you know? Uh, well, tell me about him. What's well, so good about him? Well, first of all, he shares my faith. You know, that okay. was a big thing. The fact yeah. that I met him through this Catholic group, we lived in the same neighborhood and uh, we were both going to the same church. So that was great right mm-hmm. away. And he just shared my values and not just uh, my Catholic values and my family values, but just really simple things. Like I tell this story about this one date who insisted that we take a cab and we got in the cab with this lunatic and he ended up crashing the cab. It's a whole story in the book. Um, and when I met Mike, he was all about, no, let's walk. Well, we don't need a cab. We should just walk. <laughs> you know, both, it's little things sometimes. Right, that right tell you, yeah, this is, this is a guy who I really, uh, really connect with. And, um, and so far, so good. So. So, well, that's good. That's a great thing to hear. So I always believe it's kind of a minor miracle to find the right person. When you think of all the possible losers out there, that to find someone with whom you're well-matched, it really is got to be the hands of God that brings the right people to the right people. You know, what was interesting for our, our listeners and viewers, for our, our, uh, Listeners, viewers, the book, Write Your Own Story, is interestingly enough dedicated to her parents. So I need to ask you, Patty Ann, when you look back on your parents' life with you and your, your sisters, what did they do right in raising you that makes you say, I will be in, eternally indebted to the folks who, who made us a family? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, um, you know, my parents, uh, they were born and raised here. But their parents, uh, my dad's parents came from Ireland and uh, my mom's parents um, had lived here, but they were of Irish and German descent Mm -hmm. and they were of modest means. And my parents were all about the American dream and that you can make whatever you want of yourself uh, in the United States. And uh, my dad worked really hard and saved, you know, he he ended up being successful at his career in business and he didn't, you know, redo the house every five years and buy a new car. And we didn't go on fancy vacations. We liked to go to the park and the beach. And, Mm -hmm. um, he, he, he was all about saving for the future, saving for a rainy day. And, um, he put the three of us, I have two sisters, my twin and my younger sister, put the three of us through college, which was, such a benefit to us because I had friends who had to work their way through college. Mm-hmm. And it 
they didn't have as much time to study and to pursue their extracurriculars, which for me was radio, which ended up becoming my career. And, and a lot of them had debt that they then had to work off. So, you know, I'm so grateful to my parents for all of that. But in addition to teaching us a work ethic and to, uh, you know, look ahead to the future, always be forward looking, um, the faith was a big thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, they always taught us to be grateful for everything that we had and to realize how blessed we were and to, and to say you're blessed instead of saying, I'm so lucky. Yeah. yeah. I'm so blessed. And, um, uh, and to, to stay prayerful and, and, um, Mm. but also they believed in me and that was a big thing. There were times, as I mentioned in the book that I was thinking about, Oh, this is, I'll never make it in this career. Everyone says how hard it is. It's almost impossible to really make it in this career. I should just do something more practical where I can make money. And mm-hmm. my parents said, no, don't be silly. This is where your passion is. Right. And it's so important in life to pursue your passion. You know, you were, you were led to Fordham. You were led to WFUV, which is Fordham University's radio station, mainly because I wanted to uh, host the Irish music show. Yeah. But they said, in order to do that, you have to join the news department, which ended up being so fortuitous because it led me to my career i ended up loving it and uh and they said you have to go with that it's everything points you in a certain direction and you have to follow that and don't say well i'm afraid i'm not going to make it or whatever and they said also we'll we have your back Mm. and um if you know you need us to you know support you for a little while uh we will do that um but pursue your dream and and that that's why they got the dedication. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I said to my husband, are you okay with me dedicating the book to my parents instead of to you and to Connor? And they both said, oh, absolutely. You know, having read the book, they, they totally understood that uh, it was my parents who really kept me on the, the path that I was on. So, And also the faith path, which was right. another important part of the book. And my well, well, I think your husband and your son also knew that with... Patty Ann Brown's writing and communication skills. This will not be her only book. There's more to come. So they'll get the next dedication. And you talk about dealing with this in the book. But I hadn't realized how involved you were in covering the first attack on the Twin Towers and also many other stories uh, like the shooting on the Long Island Railroad. So many of the stories, Patty Ann, that you had to deal with deal with the darkest dimensions of of the human soul where people just are about such evil. I guess I wonder is how do you go from covering stories like that and go home and find joy again? Yeah, it's very difficult. Um, I would say the Long Island Railroad shooting really, really affected me. Mm. And the interesting thing is that it didn't affect me while I was covering it because you, you have to just do your job and you have to just report the facts. And uh, I was annoyed to even be there. I had already worked a full day and I was on my way out the door and they said, there's a shooting on the Long Island Railroad, Patty Ann, you're going. And I said, oh, come on, you know, it's not going to be a shooting because um, you hear stuff on the scanner and it will be, oh, there's a fire on a school bus and kids are leaping out of the windows and it's in flames. And we would run over there and it's a, like a bus overheated and all the kids are standing <laughs> at the side of the road and everything's fine. So I was like, it's not going to be anything. You know, it's not going to be anything. And I just worked all day. I mean, can I just go home? Mm. And they're like, no, you're covering this. And we got there and immediately, Hmm. you know, it was obviously 
um, yeah. for real. Yeah. And uh, my cameraman and I said, my God, you know, this is for real. Mm -hmm. And I had to report on it for hours and hours until uh, two in the morning. And we just had to hold it together. And I went home and I was single at the time, just living alone in an apartment. I just cried for a really long time. And then over the next few days, when I read about the coverage, it just hit me so much and I, I felt so involved in the story and it is very hard to separate yourself and you, you just because you you have to you have to grasp the humanity of what you're covering or else you won't cover it well you you have to respect the the tragedy of what's happening um, but at the same time, you have to be able to distance yourself from it or else you can't go on. And my husband would say the same thing about being a doctor uh, and many, many professions, you know, firefighters. Mm-hmm. All of these people have to somehow learn to compartmentalize doing their job and seeing the tragedy that they see and being happy in their personal lives and, and putting it all aside and say, I have to make joy in my own family and count my blessings and just try to separate the two. But it's hard. Yeah. It's a good question. Uh, Patty Ann Brown's our guest. Write Your Own Story is, is very much worth the read for our listeners and viewers around the world. Patty Ann, I, one of the things I, I guess I'm always wondered about is the age factor in media. Uh, you, I'm sorry, you made, I'm having a little trouble hearing you. There's sure. birds singing around me. No, that's okay. The, uh, the age factor. Were you conscious through the years that... Um, you're in a business that not only wants you to report correctly and be a good journalist, but that, especially because you're on camera, that a look matters. Was aging ever something that concerned you at all in the business of journalism? Uh, yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, okay. And I talk about that in the book as well. Um, you know, a lot of people in my business, uh, you know, get little things done. Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, I, I did, did not want to do that um but eventually i had a couple of little things done which i talk about in the book but um you're it's just different for women than it is for men men age and it's fine but for women um there's no doubt that my bosses at fox Mm. were looking for the younger women i definitely got that so i guess when i said there was no sexism i guess there is some (laughs) because there was no doubt that um a couple of my bosses not not Roger Ailes, but uh, some of them really favored the uh, younger mm-hmm. women. But I remember actually having a conversation with Roger uh, at one point where I said, you know, I'm getting old and uh, I don't know how much longer I should do this. And he said, Petty Ann, are you crazy? He said, <laughs> you, you get better every year. He said, you know, our viewers aren't necessarily looking for a young woman who hasn't lived her life, who's never been a mom, who's never experienced so many things that older women have experienced. You know, maturity is a real value and you bring that value and that wisdom. And he said, I think you're perfect for the Fox brand because you have lived your life and experienced things and all of that adds to the value that you bring to the viewers and the perspective. It was a very surprising thing right. uh, to hear from Roger, but um, I was very fond of him and um, yeah. and that made me feel really good, but yeah. I didn't necessarily get that from some of my other bosses. <laughs> so. You know, we had uh, last month, we had uh, Bill O'Reilly on and Patty Ann, 
40 years ago, he didn't look as good as you. And <laughs> so men, men get a different past, let's face it. But let's go on to some another dimension of your life that you talk about and write your own story. Uh, Patty mentioned, Patty Ann mentioned earlier on in our program that she's a twin. Uh, we had a few weeks ago on Kristen Chenoweth, who is adopted. And she talks about the fact that she celebrates both her moms, one for giving her life and one for giving her a life. When your sister became pregnant and decided that she would place her child for adoption as uh, probably biologically the closest person to her in the world, namely her twin sister, how did you respond to that? Yeah, um, it's just a great story um, that people who have read the book keep coming back to me and saying, oh, my gosh, that story, I was in tears. Yeah, and, you yeah. know, it was just... Um, yeah, uh, she was uh, young and single mm -hmm. and uh, chose to place her son for adoption. She went through Birthright, which mm. is just a fantastic organization. Yeah. And uh, they're, they're non-political. They just uh, help women who make the choice to mm -hmm. have a baby, whether they want to keep the child, they help you with all of that. Or if you're placing the child for adoption, mm -hmm. they uh, work with you with that, with various agencies. And my sister looked at uh, essays from all of these prospective parents, and it made her feel so good about the choice that she was making, mm. reading all of these essays from these loving couples yeah. who for whatever reason were not able to have a child of their own and yeah. who were desperate for a baby and just talking about how much love they have to give to a child yeah. and it, it's just so when people have this unexpected pregnancy it seems like a problem but it's a problem with a built-in solution right. because you have so many families who want to adopt de desperately. Mm -hmm. So she felt very good about her choice, but it was very hard to yeah. uh, hand over the baby to the social worker and uh, wonder if she was ever going to see her son again. Yeah. And it was because it was a, it was not an open adoption. She knew um, a little bit about uh, her son's parents, but not much. Mm -hmm. And um, she had registered for this this registry that allows you to say, if my son comes looking for me, I want to be found, here is my information. Yeah. And if your child wants to find you, they can register and then you can be matched mm -hmm. if both sides are willing. So Colleen always updated that registry. Hmm. Always when she moved, she would say, I moved, here's where I am now. If my, my son tries to reach me, here's where I am. Um, but years went by and then it was decades. She got married. She had two beautiful daughters of her own. And uh, we wondered if we were ever going to see Patrick again. We didn't know his name was Patrick yet, uh -huh. but uh, we thought we probably won't. We will probably never hear from him. Mm -hmm. And Colleen was despairing over that. And I said, Colleen, it's a good thing because it means that he's happy because sometimes yeah. when these children go looking for their birth parents, it's because there's something missing in their lives and they just want to, you know, fill some kind of a hole. And I said, so he's so fulfilled. He's so happy. That's a yeah. good thing. We just have to, we just have to convince ourselves that that's a good thing. And she's like, but I just want to know. I want to know, is he mm -hmm. healthy? Is he happy? That's all I want to know. I don't necessarily need to have a relationship with him, but I just want to know. But it looked like it wasn't going to happen. And then one day the registry <laughs> called and they had the news. We have a match. We have a man named Patrick. 
down in North Carolina. He's looking for his birth mom. Uh, you appear to be his birth mom. Did you still want to talk to him? She said, absolutely. <laughs> and they talked and um, it went from there. Uh, she thought maybe we'll just have a conversation, but that's not where it ended. Um, he and his lovely wife, Stephanie, are a part of our oh. lives now. Oh. And uh, we see them uh, several times a year. They fly up, we fly down, and we text and we email and, you know, we're mm. on Facebook and everything else. And uh, he has just been such a blessing. For our listeners and viewers, if for no other reason to get, write your own story. That story alone is, is worth it because Patty Ann is such a great communicator. And that's where I want to end my last question. Um, I love my church. I love my faith. You do too. But let's be honest and say that in the past 30 years at least, terrible times for the church when I... Uh, talk to the pre-canon couples. It comes up again and again. Not sure I can stay with the church in light of the scandals. We need to do some rebuilding and restructuring and better communicating. As an expert in communication, and you are, and as someone who loves her church, and you do, what do we need to do differently or better? Yeah, it's a good question because I would say the media in general uh, is not pro-Catholic mm. and they love to talk about the scandals. Every time you, you know, every time I see an article about Catholicism, it's never good. <laughs> no, you're uh, right. <laughs> never. They, they ignore the good stuff. And I think the important thing is um, pushing out more of the great work that mm -hmm. the church does. Yeah. Um, they do so much for the poor. Uh, yeah. It's just, I mean, so much for people all over the place. And that, that message has to be pushed out um, but whether or not the media chooses to run it, unfortunately, we have no control over that. I want to thank Patty Ann Brown for being with us. I hope our listeners and watchers will get Write Your Own Story. Great book. And typically, because she is such a great communicator, uh, I found so easy to read. You know, there are, there are books that are, are probably very dense and important intellectually, but who can understand them? Patty writes in a way, as she used to be as a reporter too, as an anchor, someone who can communicate effectively so that all of us can read, write your own story, and, and get it, and get it well. Um, Patty Ann, I want to thank you for being on the program for a lot of reasons. You're clearly, you know, someone who favors her church, loves her God, but I love that early in this interview, you could say when uh, beautiful Connor was struggling to survive in this world, that you had your moments to say, hey, God, what the heck are you thinking? And I, I'm not buying this surrendering to your will if it means that my little kid has to suffer like this. And I love that. I love when a Catholic can say, look, I've had my ups and I've had my downs. But at the end of the day, it's the best faith and the best, best path for me. And that's you. And I, I thank you so much. And uh, I hope uh, in the future you'll come not just to Our Lady Lourdes in Massapequa Park to have a book, book signing, but also in many parishes around the country. So pastors who are listening to the show, invite Patty Ann Brown to come to your church and get this book into the hands of people who need to hear someone in the world of journalism who loves her God, loves her church, and has something important to say. Patty Ann, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much. And I really enjoy your podcast. Oh, thank you. As we end today's program, I want to thank you all for being with us. If you need to reach me, you can write me at personallyspeakingpodcast at gmail.com. You can also go to this show or past episodes by going on YouTube and searching under Personally Speaking with Monsignor Gimelsanti, where you'll be able to watch shows as well. And please don't forget to click like and subscribe. Personally Speaking is also on Facebook at Personally Speaking with Monsignor Gimelsanti. We're also now on Instagram at Personally Speaking Podcast. Please share and let others know about Personally Speaking. 
I'm privileged to serve as host and executive producer, personally speaking. Our producer is Lisa Jandovitz. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be with you again next time on Personally Speaking.